Oh, the 80s. What a time. So much going on, and I've said it in a bunch of episodes before. But in the 80s, it was easy for children to find a show or cartoon to really dive into. No matter what channel you flipped to during the 80s, that decade, there was something for you. Now, whether that was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Inspector Gadget, Dungeons and Dragons, Rubik's the Amazing Cube, so on and forth, so forth, there was something for everyone. And this is just the beginning of the 80s. Because the real cartoon hit came mid-80s and 85 and after. But in the beginning, this is what we had. In 1983... Jim Henson and his international company was coming out with a new show. One Jim described as a high-energy, ruckus musical romp. It's a lot of silliness. It's wonderful. That musical romp was proven on January 10th, 1983, when people were introduced to a little theme song that tells us to dance cares away. Worries for another day, we're gonna let the music play. Down a Fraggle Rock. Down a Fraggle Rock. So with that, babblers, let me welcome you to episode 15 of Nerd Babble, where we dive deep into a little hole that brings you to a place called Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock itself lasted five seasons. As I said, it started on January 10th, 1983, and finished on March 30th, 1987. The vision of Fraggle Rock, articulated by Jim Henson, was to show a colorful and fun world, but also a world with a system of symbiotic relationships between the different races of creatures living in Fraggle Rock, where each group was somewhat unaware of how important the other one was to their way of life. This world was allowed to be silly and amusing, but at the same time it was able to seriously explore complex issues such as prejudice, spirituality, personal identity, environment, and social conflicts. The show was also developed for international success. They made it in a way that it could be easily tailored to the different countries and cultures that would be watching. In North America and Germany, when you first see the opening scenes, it is in Sprocket and Doc's workshop. But in France, it was different. I believe it took place in a bakery, if I'm not mistaken. Russia was the same thing. It was different. Whoever, whatever culture was watching, you were put into that opening scene with something symbolic of that culture. So for us, it was a workshop. It was different all over in different countries. It was meant to express that idea. Fraggle Rock refused early on to not oversimplify any individual issues, but to show what would happen depending on which choice you made. The Fraggles although not usually aware that they were learning a lesson, were actually being taught something very important. The ideals of friendship, being true to yourself, 
and learning to love the people for who and what they are were the cornerstones Jim Henson had put into all of his visions. But Fraggle Rock was the one he considered its purest form and the most successful expression of his vision. It's great that at this time, Jim had finally, in 71, had finally made it with his Muppet show. He had something for the children with Sesame Street. And although Fraggle Rock is very much a children's program, you could jump into it as an adult and see the little things that Jim and the creative team had put in to really show a relation between stuff going on in the world during that time and even still today and compared to what was going on in Fraggle Rock. When Fraggle Rock ended in 1987, there was a Fraggle Rock, the animated series, which premiered. There's also been... Well, there's people who have tried to do spin-offs and attempts at reboots. But in April 2020, Apple TV Plus released a show called Fraggle Rock, Rock On. It was a series of shorts featuring the Fraggles communicating virtually from different locations. But a month after that, Apple TV ordered a full Fraggle Rock reboot as part of their deal with the Jim Henson Company. Pretty great. After all this time, since 1987, and yeah, well, whenever the animated series ended, we've been waiting for, I don't know if we've been waiting, but for sure we've wanted to kind of get in and jump back into this world of craziness underneath or in our walls, if you will, where Fraggles live. So Fraggles are bipedal creatures, like us. They stand about 22 inches tall, they come in a wide variety of colors, and have tails that bear a small tuft of hair at the end of it. They live in a natural cave system called Fraggle Rock, which is filled with all manners of creatures, and the caves and tunnels seem to connect at least to two different worlds. So it might also be interdimensional. Because on one side, you have Doc and Sprocket's warehouse, and on the other side, you have the Gorgs, which we will get into. The Fraggles themselves live a very carefree life, most of the time playing, singing, dancing, and going on adventures. They live on a diet of radishes and doozer sticks. I'll also explain what a doozer is in a minute. But doozer sticks are made up of ground-up radishes used to build constructions that the doozers make. The radishes and the doozer sticks are what make them edible for the fraggles to eat. Fraggles also have a unique ability that allow them to share their dreams with each other. Before falling asleep, if a fraggle is to touch heads with another fraggle, they can then enter each other's dreams. It's also You are also able to have more than one fraggle in a dream, as long as their heads are touching before they fall asleep. So if all five of the main fraggles in Fraggle Rock, in the show that we've watched, wanted to do it, 
They could all do it as long as all of their heads were touching when they fell asleep. They could all walk in and out of each other's dreams, no problem at all. So within Fraggle Rock lives a very small species of pudgy and green ant-like creatures who love to work called doozers. Standing only six inches tall, doozers are essentially the exact opposite of Fraggles. Where Fraggles are all about playtime, the doozers are all about work and industry. The doozers spend all of their time building what seems to be useless scaffolding throughout the caves of Fraggle Rock. Wearing hard hats and safety boots, the doozers use small construction equipment to help them build whatever they feel is necessary. It's one of the cutest things to see in the show is these little six-inch puppets riding around on a bulldozer made for them or on a crane made for them to help them build a scaffolding that aside from feeding the fraggles is pretty useless. But, hey, making sure that they always have work to do, the doozers make their scaffolding from doozer sticks, which, again, the doozer sticks end up being eaten by the fraggles. The fraggles will take bites out of the doozer sticks, and in the end, the doozers have to rebuild that section, basically creating a symbiosis-like relationship. This idea of symbiosis between the doozers and fraggles was shown in an episode where Moki expresses to the other Fraggles that they shouldn't eat the Doozers' constructs because they spend so much time building them. Everyone agrees, and wouldn't you know it, Fraggle Rock is eventually covered in Doozer constructs that no one, no one can move anywhere, and the Doozers have nowhere else to keep building. Eventually, the Doozers decide to leave, but end up telling Moki they didn't mind that the Fraggles ate the scaffolding. Because it always gave them work. From there, the Fraggles start eating all of the doozer sticks again. And Fraggle Rock goes back to what it was. The, and I use the term loosely, normal Fraggle Rock. Already you see how the show was meant to be a vision of everyone working together. In order for the doozers to keep doing their work, they needed the fraggles to keep eating the scaffolding. If this stopped, one would lose what they were supposed to do without the other. It's such a good idea, and it was so easy to explain to children or to anybody watching. It wasn't blind. You didn't have to look for it. It was right there in front of you, and you could see it. So as I said at the beginning, there are two entrances that exist to Fraggle Rock. One leads to Sprocket and Doc's workshop, and the other? The other leads to the Gorgs. And the Gorgs are these giant humanoid light creatures that stand 22 feet tall. They're hairy. They're not the brightest things in the entire box. Um, They lack a little bit of intelligence as far as I'm concerned. But they do help make the show. They are essentially the bad guys, if you can even consider them that. Uh, The Gorgs consist of three characters. The king, his wife the queen, and their son, Junior. They themselves named themselves the king and queen because they believe they are just that. The king and the queen of the universe, and Junior is the heir 
to their realm. That's the idea behind it. But really, in truth, they're probably more like farmers. They have this nice little garden patch that grows radishes. And they have this nice little rustic house. The problem is, is that they have these things called fragos living by them. And the fragos to the gorgs are pests. Why? Because like I said, they grow radishes. And what do fragos like to eat? Radishes. But the problem with this is that the gorgs need radishes to make anti-vanishing cream in order to keep from becoming invisible. I, I think this is funny because they're always visible. We always see the gorgs. They're always there. So does the anti-vanishing cream work? Or is it just natural, you know, way of life? It is what it is. What can we say? So, as we can see, all three life forms in Fraggle Rock use the radishes for something. The Fraggles use them for eating, the Doozers for building, and the Gorgs for what they believe is an anti-vanishing cream. Nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. But you see how one small thing, a radish, completes a circle of life for these three individual life forms living in this one spot. It's just incredible how simple they made what usually seems like a complex idea. But it was made so simple with Frago Rock that it, children could see it. So just past where the Gorgs live in their world is a compost heap who is alive, whose name is Marjorie. Marjorie Marjorie is believed to be all-wise and all-knowing, and the Fraggles often go to her for advice on difficult situations. In the first episode, the main character, Gobo, goes to see Marjorie, and Marjorie says, I know what's wrong with you, and... Marjorie's two friends, who are rats, they're her sidekicks, whose names are Philo and Grunge. Um, they say, well, of course you know what's wrong with him. You're all-knowing. And she says, yes, but this Fraggle's sad. And Marjorie, in the end, tells Gobo something really simple, which is, go make friends. And that's the first rundown of Fraggle Rock and how... The five main Fraggles come to be, is the idea. How the story goes from there. In the first episode of the show, we learn that a Fraggle, who is Gobo's Matt, who is Gobo's uncle, sorry, Gobo's uncle, called Uncle Traveling Matt, there we go, is wandering out into the world known as Outer Space. And Outer Space is, truthfully... Just our world. It's the exit that leads from Fraggle Rock into the dock and Sprocket's workshop. If you don't know, the dock is the human and Sprocket is the Muppet dog. Sprocket 
no matter who comes out of that fraggle hole, which is usually, well, it's always Goble, and for the one time, Uncle Traveling Matt, Sprocket attacks them, and he just wants to prove to Doc that they're real. And, oh, you know, you don't want Sprocket to get the Fraggles, but you want them to be friends, and you're like, oh, just do it. Just get them once. You just want Sprocket to get that poor darn Fraggle just to show Doc that, he, you know, he's not a crazy dog. He's a good boy. He knows that, that this is what they are, right? So when Uncle Matt leaves, he ends up sending postcards back to Fraggle Rock explaining the adventures he's having in outer space with the silly creatures that live there. And the silly creatures, of course, are humans. We're the silly creatures. And the idea is that Uncle Traveling Matt goes out exploring and trying to learn something about the humans, something about these silly creatures. He always learns something, but I don't know if he's more scared of us or if he's more entertained in general with us. There's always a spot in the episode where you see Uncle Matt talking to a human and what that human is doing, whether it's a child or an adult. There's always a little scene and it's always so funny just to see these interactions with my Uncle Traveling Matt. Now, although Fraggle Rock is a labyrinth of caves and pathways filled with many living things, the show focuses on five Fraggles in particular. I'm going to jump into these main characters and give you a little background on who each of them are, what they like, just things like that. So first we have the main Fraggle in my opinion. Gobo is the main Fraggle of the show. He's an explorer like his uncle Traveling Matt. And while Matt has decided to make his exploration in outer space, Gobo has decided to explore Fraggle Rock's many caverns, caves, and uncharted regions. Gobo's adventurous, clever, and kind. Although he is a good leader, he has a tendency to be conceited and domineering on occasion. He shares a room with his best friend Wembley and is close friends with Red. Gobo has an accomplished singing voice and plays the guitar. His dialogue is occasionally occasionally peppered with a Canadian-sounding A. A likely reference to the shows being filmed in Canada. We also learned that he's allergic to radish bars. There you have it, folks. Gobo Fraggle is a Fraggle that lives in a Canadian place. He says A. I never realized it until I was doing the research for this episode. And I sat down and watched my completed series that my dad bought me of Fraggle Rock. And actually paid attention to Gobo and how he spoke. And sure enough, sure as the sun rises, he says, hey, just like a Canadian. And all I really want to hear Gobo Fraggle say now is drive up to a Tim Hortons drive through and say, can I get a large double-double, eh? <laughs> One of those things, right? Hopefully in the new Apple Plus, we can, Apple TV Plus series, we can throw that in. We can try and convince these people to go from there. So next we have Red Fraggle, and Red is athletic and energetic. She likes to think of herself as the fastest and strongest Fraggle in the rock. 
She's highly competitive with her friends, which sometimes causes extreme interpersonal problems, especially with Boober. Though as revealed in a recent SFX interview, despite their constant competition, Red secretly admires Boober. And who wouldn't? Red also has her share of insecurities. She especially hates to admit her mistakes. Red loves sports, especially diving and swimming. Her job is to clean the pool in the middle of Fraggle Rock. She also teaches swimming classes and considers herself an expert at rock hockey. See, even the Fraggles play hockey. Red shares a room with her best friend, Moki Fraggle, yet doesn't really get along very well with Moki's plant, Lanford. Yes, there is a plant that Moki owns that Red doesn't like. You'd have to watch it to understand, but yes. Red later strikes up a friendship with Cotterpin Doozer, who is one of the leaders of the Doozers and is very vocal and it's awesome to see. She particularly loathes listening to the stories that Uncle Traveling Matt sends back by postcard. I'm not really sure why Red doesn't like it. Maybe because it's boring and she has to sit there and listen to all these adventures that Traveling Matt's on, or maybe it's the reason that she can't be with him. Um, but, yeah, you see her anxiety, I guess, in a sense, of listening to the stories that Uncle Traveling Matt is on when he's out in the outer space. Moki Fraggle. Moki is a dreamer. She loves painting, writing poems, writing in her diary, meditating, just really enjoying her surroundings. Moki to me is the hippie of the Fraggles. Because she is the oldest of the Fraggle Five, she functions basically as their den mother. Moki is very emotional and concerned about others. She's always ready to help a friend in need, even if it's a gorg. <laughs> yeah, that's how great Moki is. She'll even help out the gorgs. Moki's job is to pick radishes in the gorg's garden, and she's a member of the Clinging Creepers Emergency Flower Defense League. She's quite dexterous with her tail, enabling her to wet the tuft to a point and use it as a brush for painting, while using her hands to paint another picture with conventional brushes. How cool is that, right? She's so into painting, and she loves the art form so much that Mookie will use her tail to paint one thing while she paints something else with her hands. I love that aspect of it. It's so, so great. And it's just a nice little, like, here you go to the character. It's really sweet. It's awesome. It kind of adds a little bit to her. So Mookie shares a room with her best friend, Red. Uh, Mookie often cares for Boober, such as when she made a hat out of sticks to replace his supposedly lucky hat. We'll get into Boober in a minute. He has a pet plant named Lanford, and Mookie has a soft spot for the minstrels, whose music she thinks is beautiful, not like many other. 
Her love of the minstrels' music drove her to attempt to join the minstrels once. She also believes that Gobo Fraggle is very brave and admires him for that, as expressed in the garden plot. Sometimes, though, Gobo finds that she can be blinded to the truth in situations, such as when she was appointed to the new trash heap. <laughs> At one point in the series, yeah, Mookie, or sorry, Mookie, Moki is um, sent out as the new trash heap, so she has to become the all-wise and the all-knowing. Uh, Moki was named after a childhood friend of Jim Henson, in the language of the ancient Fraggles, Moki means put on your hat, which is the exact opposite meaning of Gobo's name, which means take off your hat or no hat. Uh, I have come into contact with a great, great guy recently who uh, on Instagram goes under the handle of Really Chopped. And I'm going to give him a shout out here because... <laughs> He does tie-dye. He's like the tie-dye master. And him and I were discussing the Fraggles before I started really writing this. And I always thought that he would be a boober kind of guy. But apparently, he's more like this man. And I see it now. He's like Wembley Fraggle. For the plain and simple fact that Wembley has this awesome Hawaiian shirt that's kind of tie-dyed. And he, that's, yeah. Mike is very much this character. Uh, so if you're, <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, I'm thinking about this now, reading this, and it's it's cracking me up. But Wembley is the youngest Fraggle of the group. He is often cheerful and energetic, but also very insecure. He usually agrees with everybody at the same time because he hates to argue. Wembley never seems to make up his mind. He even has trouble deciding which shirt to wear. Although he only owns two, and they're identical. Wembley shares a room with his best friend, Gobo. He loves to play the bongos, and he works as a siren for the Fraggle Rock Volunteer Fire Department. Wembley was named after Wembley Stadium. In the context of the show, his name is derived from the Fraggleish word to Wemble, meaning going to and from between two things without being able to make up your mind. In the language of the ancient Fraggles, Wembley means no scratch. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll get that. Wembley means no scratch nose in public. So don't scratch your nose in public. That's what Wembley means. So if you're listening to this and somebody says, hey, Wembley, that means you don't scratch your nose in public for whatever reason. But that's what it is. My favorite... Fraggle is the last one. Boober. Unlike other Fraggles, Boober does not like fun and games and spends most of his time worrying about doom and disease. When he's not worrying about himself, he's busy warning others of impeding doom and destruction. He's easily frightened and suffers from a variety of phobia, like phobias, like a fear of heights. Yeah, that's one of them. Um, because of his fears... He is very knowledgeable about health and superstition. He has a lucky charm for just about anything. And often multiples of lucky charms. So yeah. He also has his favorite hat, which is his lucky hat, which we've already mentioned. But when he loses it, he goes crazy. Just not right. 
Aside from his friends, there are only two things in life the boober is very fond of. Laundry and cooking. Mm. Boober is much like a cave fraggle. Though this may just be a coincidence, no one's really sure, but cave fraggles just very worried. They stay where they need to be, and that's it. It is unknown exactly whose socks Boober is cleaning. I mean, the only fraggle known to wear socks is Uncle Traveling Matt, and Uncle Traveling Matt is not there. But Boober's always got socks. It's a mystery of Fraggle Rock that must be solved. So, if Red lives with Moki and Wembley lives with Gobo, where does Booper live? What does he do? Well, Booper lives in a hole on his own. He often hangs out with Wembley and is easily annoyed by Red's endless enthusiasm. In Sprocket's Big Adventure it is revealed that Boober is allergic to dogs. Silly, silly Boober. And inside his dreams, and we've been able to see it, Boober has an an alter ego named Sidebottom. Fraggle Rock, when it was coming out, was Jim Henson's last big production on television before he passed away. When they made A Muppet's Family Christmas, there were some discussions on whether they would use the Fraggles or not because of some reception the Fraggles had. Some people loved them, some people didn't like them when they first came out. The Fraggles, to me, are imagination at its finest. These little creatures living in your walls, they come out, they want to explore, they want to see things, they're happy, they're lucky, they live life to its fullest. For being such small creatures, we could probably learn a lot from them as a human race. The doozers are there to show the work side of everything, but... In some episodes, you also see how worn out the doozers get from just doing the work and not enjoying themselves. And the Fraggles trying to show them that sometimes it's okay to have fun. Even Boober, (laughs) the most against fun and excitement because he's so worried that he's going to get hurt. Even he has fun at points and it would be kind of hard not to have fun with Wembley as your best friend. There's so much behind the show that is just, that is so much more than just these little silly Muppets running around fighting with these 22 foot tall hairy creatures called Gorgs or going to a trash heap that is all knowing because she's made up of everything like coffee grounds and orange peels and apple cores. To her, Marjorie, that is why she knows everything is because she's made up of everything. So she's learned everything for everything. And again, no matter where you were, no matter what country, for the most part, 
the fraggles would reach you and there would be something that you could relate to with your culture from that opening scene depending on where you were again for us in north america it was doc and sprocket and it's kind of funny because doc was irish he was from dublin (laughs) so i find that kind of funny that North America. Well, maybe that's kind of part of the Commonwealth, I guess. Maybe that's why. But, yep, it was in a lighthouse. There was a workshop. I remember seeing that opening scene. That's what it was. Uh, and then there was the Muppet dog named Sprocket, who, again, just wanted to prove to Doc that the Fraggles were real. He just wanted to catch one, show Doc. And in the end, there you go. Muppet Family Christmas, though. All the Muppets get together, including the Fraggles, and Sprocket proves to Doc that the Fraggles are real because they all sing at the end. That's one of the best scenes in uh, A Muppet Family Christmas is Robin is in the workshop. And, well, actually, he's in the basement of the house that they're staying in. And it's Robin Frog, so it's Kermit's nephew. And he runs upstairs to get Kermit. And he says, Uncle Kermit, you know that Fraggle hole you're always talking about? And Kermit says, yeah. And he goes, I think I found one. And they run downstairs, and sure enough, Kermit meets Gobo, Red, Moki, Wembley, and Boober, along with Robin. And they sing a great song called Pass It On. So in the Fraggles world, when they get something for Christmas, they wrap it up. And then they give it away. And then the next one wraps it up. And they give it away. They pass it on. It never stops. It becomes an endless gift. It's really, really sweet. It's really cute. And it shows again that symbolic nature of, you know, life as one that the Fraggles try to represent by always living together with the Doozers and the Gorgs. It was just such a smart idea put into such a simple, simple show. And I don't, it's not a bad thing. The idea of that simplicity is not bad. The Fraggles were able to represent something much bigger than their height or even the children that they were most appealing to. It doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, really. But if I'm walking somewhere and I happen to hear somebody say, dance your cares away, I am for certain going to turn around and say, worries for another day. That theme song has this incredible bass line at the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Um, And the the lyrics, the upbeatness of it, the happiness of it, it just sticks with you. You can't escape this last vision that Jim Henson had. If you are a fan of Jim Henson and everything that he's done, you need to see... Fraggle Rock. It's 
greatness is overlooked because of the Muppets and Sesame Street. Again, if you're a fan of Jim Henson and you've never really sat down or given Fraggle Rock a look, I think you should. It would be in your interest. You will laugh. It's just an amazing, an amazing, amazing thing. It's great. It's awesome. And yes. But with that, Babblers, we come to an end of episode 15 of Nerd Babble, where we discussed that little hole in your wall that leads to a place beyond called Fraggle Rock. Next week, I think we're going to have to go somewhere. We're going to travel through time in a car. But we're not going back in time. Now, next week, we're going to go back to the future. So until next week, babblers, as always, babble on.